You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another Absent Minded Draft Special episode. And thank you for joining me. And I hope I didn't mess up that name too much. No, you get it right. You get it right. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I mean, Highs on the Prize was the first website I read when I moved to Montreal over 10 years ago. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something special. Yeah, we've been we've been having uh, conversations for more or less eight years now yeah. about European hockey and, and uh, Montreal as well. Obviously, you work for uh, NL Ice Data, and you can find that on, on Twitter, just like I said it. You're quantifying a national league in, in Swiss National League, and NLA, as I'm used to say it, and uh, National Liga A. Yeah, that's the, old, that's the old name, National League it is right now. You're collecting data, you put up uh, cards in many ways, you, you also did your own draft ranking, and I, I have to say, sorry, sorry Thibaut, it's like, if Bedard doesn't end up first in your draft rankings this year, You've probably done the draft ranking wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm having a lot of comments since uh, I put up the that ranking. Like, oh, we should compare it to other mock draft. That's like this is not a mock draft. This is what the model is spilling out, and I explain why Pidar is not first. And uh, obviously, he will go first, and he, he should go first. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But d- does that make you tweak your model in any way? the way it comes out no i mean you obviously try to avoid modeling things with the result you want to have in the end that's not the right way to do it right well but more if you look at historical for example if we're talking draft and you see some very weird results like some guys you never heard about being a top five or something you say "Mm -hmm, maybe that's something wrong there and actually leads you to finding mistakes in the code or um, improving some adjustment for many of the small leagues that exist, you know, especially in Europe, where you have like five guys that have ever been drafted from there. And so in terms of comparable, it's very difficult to assess players against one another. But um, in that case, it's really that Bidar is still playing in the junior league and the model gives him like a talent boost because he's the best one ever. So even comparing to the best one before him, which I think was, um, I don't remember which was in Western hockey, but it's better than him. So he got a boost, but, and he had a hundred percent chance of making the NHL. But even despite that, Mitchkov and Fentili are playing in, well, a men's league and the NCA, which is kind of in the middle. So as they had historical seasons themselves, well, they end up being above Bidar in the model just because of that. But the thing that we cannot project and change is that if Bidar had been to the NCAA or gone to Europe like uh, Austin Matthews did, he would have crushed it and he would be first in the ranking because he would have played in the men's league and and, and beneficiate from from the coefficient that we apply to a men's league. So that's the story. It's interesting. It's it's part of what I did as well with some modeling when it came to climate change and I was working with that. But so I, I get the idea, but it, it's difficult and you, you you don't want to skew the data too much because next year there will be another exception, but in another league, et cetera. You mentioned something very interesting though. And this is the fact with with what we're going to talk about in, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about David Reinbacher, and, and so everyone knows that, and we're going to get to that in, in, in all due time. But you mentioned players not being drafted out of that league, and it's like, what? It's uh, obviously Olsen Matthews, it's Siegenthaler, and 
is there there was one last year as well wasn't it there's not many that has been drafted out of the Nacho league there there's not there's not many there's more now but um you had tim bernie as playing in columbus um you had dennis malgin uh you had back in the day a handful of other guys that did not make it or just played in the AHL but not the national league but no, that that's not a big league with a lot of names that you can compare um, Heinbacher to. And also, we have to remember that Swiss is a very highly rated country in many ways. Obviously, uh, not only economical but also standard of living and and uh, HDI as as I use for my students. But you also put a preference on, or, or they also put a preference on on school. So you have to finish your high school with a diploma before you can even start practicing hockey on on full-time basis or, or similar so so development happens a little bit later in the swiss league quite a few swiss prospects has gone over and played the junior leagues instead and, and getting around that area which which limits the factor a little bit as well yeah no absolutely if you look at the national swiss hockey team they're getting better and better and obviously you have big names now like like Yossi or Ziegenthaler or, you know, Niederreiter or all those guys playing top roles in the NHL now, which was not the case 15 years ago. But, and the National League in itself is one of the best leagues now in the world, like top five for sure, maybe top four. Um, and it's getting better and better. But it's still a small country. So if you look at the U20 league, for instance, it's not that good. Like the level of competition for U20 is not that good. So if you're a good hockey player in Switzerland when you reach 17, 18 years old, you might have to go over to Canadian Junior to get some real hockey time and real development. Because the other thing is if you say, okay, I'm good enough to play with a man and I can go to the Swiss League, which is the second level, or I can directly go to the National League, um, there's not a spot for you there because as you know, it's European hockey. So there is always the risk of um, being last in the standings and being relegated to the league below, which is a crushing blow economically to your club. So you don't mess with that. So there is no time for giving 15 minutes to a young player and making mistakes, basically. So either you're crushing it like Hanbacher is doing. Or Matthews did in his year. Yeah. Or you can play maybe 10 minutes in the Swiss League, but which is not a very good league. It's like second level European hockey. Or you go to Canadian Junior. And that's probably the best thing to do. Like what guys that we, we've had uh, in Montreal, like Sven André Guedo did. Um, or other guys. And then you have a real development path. Indeed. And and also you, you mentioned you're, Switzerland is a small country. And there is, you know, other sports that take precedent over hockey in, in yeah. regards to, to development, as always in Europe, soccer is, or football, as we like to call it, is, is the main one. So there is a lot of different sidetracks in this. The interesting thing, though, is David Reinbacher. He's had a season for the ages in the National Liga. What can you tell me first about his season in general? It's an historical season. Like I mentioned, it's very rare that an 18 years old is playing in National League and is playing a big role. You have a few of those, but they they have like four or five minutes on the fourth block or something. Heinbacher had the chances of playing for Clotten, which is a small team. They actually moved up to National League this season. And so they had 
no ambition whatsoever to winning the title or something. They were just wanted to avoid being relegated again. So they were able to give him big minutes and he earned those big minutes game after game. It's pretty rare. Uh, I think it's for sure the first time in history that an 18 years old has the highest time on ice among defensemen in his team. Like when, when Yuzi was drafted, he was um, second, third block pair defenseman in in a big burn team, which was playing for the title, obviously, at the time. So Heinbacher was a bit in a special situation, but he made the most of it for sure. As you mentioned, Colton is also a traditionally strong team in in in, in it carries some history with it, uh, playing for Clawton. Um and and uh, going back a little bit, what what we have to say is also like you mentioned it it's maybe the fourth, fifth league in the world. And and what we need to really um, say is that the Finnish league is dropping a little bit. They have a very good development program, but they're dropping in in overall standard. Uh, whereas the National League or National League is is going upwards in regards to overall competition because of the money and that, that the Swiss team can have. Whereas development program hasn't really taken off to the same degree. But we're expecting it to in a couple of years to to get better and better, especially with players like Reinbacher leading the way. You mentioned historical season, earning those minutes and earning them fair. It's not like they were giving to him for free. The one thing you could say he got a little bit of extra, maybe, and I sympathize with that because I think he you, you want to develop him as well, is that power play time. He has a good shot, he has good vision, passing is okay, but he's not. And and he benefited from it because he got better as long as the, the the year went on. So it was obviously a way of of improving him, improving his confidence, and improving uh, his development. Is he that kind of power play quarterback that many thinks? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, when you think of Heinbacher, you you really have to think in my mind as the number two defenseman in your NHL team battling for the cup. Um, either on the side of your number one defenseman like Lee in the future or leading the second pair into eating big five-on-five minutes and winning the possession battle. It could be on the on the second wave of power play, but I'll be surprised if, if at the NHL level you don't have two other defensemen better than him at maneuvering the power play. And so you can free him and, and play more five-on-five and PK minutes, for instance. He got some power play time this season in Clotten at first on the second wave. And then the real offensive defenseman for the team, which is Swedish, um, Ekestal Jonsson, uh, got injured at some point. So he had some power play time on the first power play wave, which was the wave of all the import players. Because the rule in Switzerland is that you can ice six player import players per night. Um, it was four before, now it's six. So you have to imagine like you have 14 Swiss players and six import players, Swedish, Finnish, Canadian, American, whatever. And they are your best players, obviously. They are your star players. And on the first wave of power play, you put all of them together, basically. The five of them or one is left out. And so that was one of the key for Clotten to score goals and get results through that very good first power play wave while they were struggling at 5-on-5, five five, obviously, because they were not 
just a strong enough team. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Just a quick word from our sponsors. When you think Ryan Backer, though, you, you mentioned first pairing defenseman, second pairing eating big five on five minutes. And, and that's where I can, I, I, I see him. I'm leaning more towards the second option rather than the first option. The discussion in Ryan Backer's case is really a little bit like Leo Carlson. Have they reached their peak or, or gotten closer to the peak? Because they're playing against men? I think the weird stuff with Heinbacher is that when you watch him, you have the impression that you're watching the final product. It's pretty rare to see a young man being so confident in his game, um, making so few mistakes with the puck, um, being able to see what is the best play to make to improve the position of his team. And I guess that's why we are wondering, is this the final product? Can he even improve? And what can he improve on? Because most of the time you see a young player and see, oh, he, he's fast and he's technical, but he needs to replay better or he needs to improve his defensive coverage or whatever. It's not the case with Rambacher. So I think he can improve a lot and being even better, which is the exciting part, I guess, because he doesn't have that many flows to correct. He was a very steady defensive defenseman in his own zone this season. Um, we track puck battles and retrieval as part of our coverage with Analyze Data, and he was not that good on winning puck battles and recovering pucks, but his team was struggling, and he's 18 years old, and it's, it is a tough league. The interesting part was that when he was recovering those pucks, the way he used them, leading to control exit in his, in his defensive zone and manufacturing shots in the offensive zone, he was top 20% tight in the league. So you can see his hockey IQ there. And same thing, so Cloten was suffering a lot 5-on-5, five five, but is also top 20% in control exits in the league among defensemen. So when he has the puck, he reads the play well. He sees the opportunity. He knows what to do. And I guess something we did not see this season is maybe his offensive part because Clotten was so struggling defensively. And as soon as they had the puck, they were trying to launch those counters and getting some rush offense and betting on power play time on the side, like I explained. So Heinbacher was not involved in zone entries that much, for instance. But when he was trying controlling trees on his own, he had some pretty decent success percentage. He has some pretty decent percentage of play leading to shot. And I was really glad that he made that play that got him injured, sadly, at the World Championship. Because, yes, he got injured on that play and he got caught by uh, by the Swedish defenseman. But it was a fair tackle, was- though. It was a fair tackle, obviously, but it was very impressive to see an 18 years old just deciding to cross the neutral zone, attack center ice, as you should do if you're a smart hockey player. Just trying to split the defense 
and he just got caught by an, by an NHL player. But the thinking was right, and that's that's what I like. And I think if he plays for a more offensive team, if he got more freedom to do so, like he doesn't have in Cloton for team reasons, strategic reason, I think he gets some 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 offensive talent in it he can tap on. Looking at it, and 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 from a Montreal perspective, and obviously to live in Montreal and uh, and and experience all the highlights of of Montreal Canadiens. Would you draft Ryan Bakker at five? I guess you have the Mishkov question there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I asked the Ryan Bakker question. To be fair, I did not watch the other guy that much, so I'm not like the draft expert. But um, I would be really excited to have him in Montreal because I really think you have a cornerstone in your defense for the next 10 to 15 years. Like I said, you have the guy that's going to hit big minutes and... and and bring you positive outcome in terms of puck possession pretty much every other night. And it, that's the kind of elite, reliable guy you need to win a cup as well. He's not that fancy, but he's really reliable. He was really good in the play-in with Clotten. Uh, they got in in the playing round in Switzerland as, as a surprise. And they pushed uh, Bern to the third game. That's, that's best of three. And he was good. He was really good under pressure. And he was good at the World Championship as well. So I think we'll be really, really excited to have him. I don't think that's the kind of player that Montreal has already in its system. But if if Mitchkov is available, if he's, that's another question. Out of the ones falling there, Mitchkov, obviously. Uh, Carlson seems to be going higher. Or Will Smith or, or Leonard as well. Out of those three or four, then with Leonard. And then we have Benson as well. Yeah, so, so it's a hornet's nest, as we say here in Sweden, in, in regards to who to pick. But but would you take, let's say, Mitchkov is gone and Carlson is there? That's a really good question. I guess I would take Carlson. Um, just, just looking at the numbers, really. Uh, just looking at the fact that Carlson is a center and you probably need... More good centers to win a cup than good defensemen. Um, yeah, probably Carson, I guess. Yeah, or you are listening to Thibaut uh, Chantel from NLI's data. Follow him on Twitter. He needs more followers on Twitter just because because he, you hear his insights. Uh, you get to learn a little bit more of, of the European game. It's very interesting in that regard. And obviously a league that is on the up and coming. Why hasn't more juniors gone in and done an Austin Matthews? and actually showcase themselves against men in in Switzerland where they get a pretty decent paycheck as well. Yeah, well, it comes down to the number of import license I mentioned earlier, which is not the case in the other big leagues in Europe. You don't have a cap. If you only have, what, and before it was four import license every night, so it was even more difficult. So imagine... You're a decent team and you want to be in the playoffs and you want to have a shot at making maybe to the semifinals and get some sportive and economical success for your organization. Are you really going to bet on a 17, 18 years old from abroad that maybe never played in on big ice hockey if he's from North America? That's a really tough challenge to make. Um, Heinbacher is, is Australian, but he has a Swiss license. So it does not count against the import license. That's part of why he's playing in National League right now. But other than that, it probably could happen in the future. Maybe for a really top, top prospect, like 
was it really worth it that Bela was playing in junior this year, for instance? Uh, could have, could he, could he have gone? Well, he probably should have gone to the NCAA to closer to home and English-speaking country. But hey, um, come on, everyone speaks English in Switzerland, <laughs> except for maybe um, the French area. Obviously, nah, not even us. Way better than France. Um, yeah, probably could happen. I could see those smaller team with less ambition try to make the bet like Clotten, and it was a very good showcase for Clotten what Heinbacher did this season. He's probably going to stay there next season as well because he wants to finish his business school or something before moving over to North America. So uh, it's going to be another showcase here for, for Swiss hockey. And uh, yeah, it would be really exciting to get more prospects over there. Thank you so much for joining us, Thibaut. You enlightened us uh, quite a bit and about Swiss hockey, but especially with David Reinbacher in, in general. Let's work on that model a little bit, uh, at least the, <laughs> for, for the future, so you don't get that spammed with, with, uh, with questions about it. It's a very interesting, and I think it brings up a, a little bit of, of what makes it important to follow different people and, and have different options on Twitter. When Twitter works, it's great. When it doesn't, it's, it's, it's a bit shitty. We all know that. Uh, but, but when it works and you can uh, discuss respectfully and, and disagree respectfully or, or help each other become better at something, that's when it's the best way of, of, of learning from each other. And uh, I always like to poke the beer a little bit and you, you know this was coming. Uh, but we, we appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to me talking for about five minutes now. <laughs> but... Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll be sure to have you on for another podcast during the summer. I'm sure many will appreciate that. Thank you so much, Pat. Anytime. <laughs>